the Highly to Rewatch podcast. This is uh, our second coronavirus uh, chronicle update reader mail extravaganza. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. That's right. And we are doing a Zoom recording of this. So, uh, you know, if you're not listening to this on your phone or whatever, or I guess everyone uses their phone for everything. So I don't know. There's a video of this on uh, Facebook. Uh, so if you just want to, you know, see our faces while we talk, it's there too. Yeah, uh, yeah. People, I'm sure that's uh, that's actually a, a a detriment, not a not a benefit. But. Right. Look at those sweet, sweet faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is the only sweet face. This guy down here. Oh, look at that little puppy dashy. That one's that's a special one just for the video, folks. Wow. Puppy dash. Before we hop into uh, reader mail, um, yeah, it'd be good to talk about what we're up to. Uh, it's been another week in isolation, as it were. Uh, are there things like old things you guys are watching? What are you like, or, or should I say maybe, uh, are there other things you guys are doing that aren't watching things? I think we're all watching shit, right? Yeah. Uh, I got a, a, a just a set of adjustable dumbbells, Ooh. uh, which I am loving them because they have such a small footprint. Like they just kind of can sit in a corner of the room. Uh, but they go from being five pounds to 52 and a half pounds. Uh, how, 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 how does that work? So it's like the dumbbell as it like sits in this base with little like cranks on the side and you adjust it to the weight that you want. And then when you lift it out of the base, like depending on what you set it to, it'll leave some of the weight behind oh, okay. to make it oh. fit what you set up. Uh, so I'm really digging it. Um, it's nice. And frankly, you don't need like a giant rack full of these things so that's worked out and honestly getting a little bit of exercise has been pretty helpful because otherwise i've kind of just been a slug because there's not too you know not many places to go i basically walk the dog and that is my only source of fresh air in a given mm. day so are, are there a lot of people outside where you are like or <sighs> fuck yes yes <laughs> there are and it makes me so goddamn angry uh, I was walking Dash the other day and like 10 60 something year old people. So like the people who are most at risk basically uh, are just all sitting out on their stoop, having a drink, like mm. one stoop, not like multiple right. stoops. Uh, so it's just, it was just a disaster. I was like, you guys are tempting fate. And if I didn't want to like, and I'm in South Philly, so it's like, I don't want to get beat up, <laughs> but I wanted to be like, what are you assholes doing besides like trying to kill your family? Yeah. It made me so mad. Anyway. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I saw people playing beer pong in the park the other day and I was like, I don't know. That seems especially like Yeah, right? Yes. I, I saw a family encouraging, yeah, I saw a, a family encouraging their small kid to get on a swing set. It was just... So yeah, I, I live around a lot of dumb dumbs. I don't yeah. know. All the parks here are closed around me. Oh like, really? Like, yeah, like they put up fencing and put like park closed. Because uh, I think people were just like not listening and like people were playing on playgrounds. Like they, they first put up like temporary fences around the playgrounds. Mm-hmm. But I think people weren't really paying attention to that and just still gathering in groups. So they just closed the whole park. So I don't know. Gathering. <laughs> that's right that's the gathering we're talking about also people in my neighborhood aren't picking up their dog shit which is driving me nuts and i don't know if that like what like i don't know if that's related to this or it's not. maybe it's i've never terrible. noticed before just people being jerks uh also a couple weeks ago there was a uh 
St. Patty's Day, like, bar crawl. Although, from what I could tell, it was only one bar. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's a bar that has been close. Like, I think this was, like, an illegal opening of a bar. Cause they like were- a speakeasy? Yeah, kind of. Like, this this place has been shut down for months, and I they opened up just for this group. Anyways, a huge group, and I was like, what the fuck are they doing? I found mm-hmm. them on Instagram, and they had, like, these group pictures together being like, we're getting together. It's totally fine. We're all – and they're like, we're all coronavirus free. And I'm like, how do you know that? Like, yeah. they're all hugging, and I don't know. It's ridiculous. Two, two like, weeks from now when you have uh, – start developing symptoms, you'll know. Yeah. So, test anyway. I need to test. Yeah. <laughs> Evan, you doing anything uh, besides watching stuff? Any other activities? I've been reading a lot more um, comic books and what I call real books. Sure. Uh, with no pictures. Yeah. Um, I think I think most, most adults call it that. Yeah. yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, the comic I've been reading a lot of is called Drops of God, and it's a manga, a Japanese comic about wine. Wow. Wine? Yeah, wine. It's it's really good, but it's like about this this guy whose father was like a renowned wine critic, and he always re- the son always resented wine as a result. But then mm. he finds himself in the world of wine, and he's kind of remembering lessons his father taught him about wine. And it's actually really good and really like somehow comforting reading. Um, so I really like it. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah, that's, do, you, do you like those kind of slice of life anime manga things that are so popular? Yeah, I really do. Um, like, I like it's like yeah, it is like a slice of life kind of kind of thing, and real easy easy reading, and it's teaching me about wine. So I like wine. I just don't I don't know anything about it. Um, do either of you guys know anything about wine? I know like less than nothing. Yeah, I know like the tip of the iceberg, but you know. You got your red, and you got white. That's basically all I know. Yeah. <laughs> you got your tannins, your, I don't know. What are they called? The le- the legs on the wine glass? Oh, yeah. Just legs? Which is, I guess, how much residue is left when you swoosh it around. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah. The more you know. Right. Bum, ding, ding, ding. What about <laughs> you? Uh, let me think. Um, I've been like cleaning a lot, which is not fun but like it's a project so just been like i don't know kind of going through stuff getting rid of old books and clothes like a couple of goodwill trips um trying to think what else uh yeah i don't know like just like home fixing up stuff like i don't you guys have been to my house uh you know above like our stove we have this like it's this weird like hat like a roof on the cabinet above the Mm -hmm. stove it was there since i moved in uh, and it's ugly and stupid, and it just collects like grease. Uh, so on my lunch break the other day, I got out like a crowbar, and I was like, "This fucking thing's coming off the wall!" Just tore it out. So, oh wow, nice. that's pretty cool. Yeah, so that was good, and painted the wall and all that sort of stuff. So I'm just trying to do like little house projects. Uh, You're like a regular property brother. That's right. <laughs> one he... of the property brothers. <laughs> like, but not the useless one who literally does nothing. Yeah, you're like the useful one. The useful one. Yeah, that rips stuff off of walls. So that's been fun, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and then cooking projects, uh, which I think I mentioned last episode. Just trying some new stuff and mm. baking. I'm trying to think if there's some other stuff I've been doing. Oh, I've been playing more video games. I, like, don't play a ton of video games just in general. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I had purchased a couple games maybe a month or so ago, and I've been playing those, and that's been fun. Uh, revisiting yes. some old ones. Uh, 
beat uh, Transformers Devastation. It was very good. Ooh. I highly recommend it to anybody out there who likes Transformers. It's just like an episode of the 80s cartoon. Uh, and it's all the, like, I shouldn't say all, a lot of the original voices. Uh, are who is Jazz in it? Is who? Jazz? Yes. I think there's who? Jazz, right? Yeah, Jazz is in it. Yeah. There's also, like, a ton of characters. I'm like, who is this? Who knows? Oh, speaking of that, I got the Transformers manga. They just released that over here. Is it good? It is good. It's it's a little like for too much for kids, even for me to read. Mm. But even for you, really nice. Yeah, even for me, uh, I would recommend getting that if you like Transformers. Cool. Cool story, bro. <laughs> okay, well, let's hop That's into this, this, this reader mail here. All right, so if you remember from last episode, uh, listeners, uh, we are going through this entire stack of emails. Here they all are. Uh, and we're going through them in kind of episode order, as it were. Um, I do have some like general question ones, too, uh, that are in the back. Maybe I'll try to sprinkle them throughout so we can tackle some of that stuff, too. But nice. our first one here is from Brian S. Brian's. Brian. Uh, and this is uh, for the episode The Messenger, which is from season five, right? Yeah. Mm. Greetings and uh, felicitations. Mm. Interesting episode. Uh, will the re real mythos stand up? I always thought it was strange that Ron's mythos knew so many details that only the watchers would know or the real mythos would. Could Ron Perlman's Mythos have been a watcher at some point and decided to appropriate Mythos' identity since no one ever had seen Mythos? I agree that Ron Perlman did a good job acting. He always brings an added dimension to his role uh, with up, utmost sincerity. Brian's. Yeah, yeah, I like Ron Perlman, though. I've, I, I've heard people complain that uh, he's a lazy, he's, he can be tough to work with. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've heard it described as like being kind of a lazy actor sometimes. Interesting. <laughs> like you need to push him to like actually get him to give you what he what you want. Hmm. Also, heard that about Mickey Rourke. Oh, I, huh. Yes, I heard that about Mickey Rourke. Yeah, especially on the wrestler, the wrestler, ah. which Mickey Rourke is great in that movie. Yeah. Hmm. Basically, like Aronofsky said, he had to like browbeat him into doing a good performance. He had to be like. Nobody's gonna hire you, Mickey. This is your last chance. You can't oh, wow. fuck around. That's so mean. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Ron Perlman, on the Hellboy DVD commentary, Guillermo del Toro talks about, or no, Ron Perlman talks about at the end, like one of the H.P. Lovecraft monsters, like pulls him away, like with his tentacle. Mm -hmm. And apparently Ron Perlman kept on doing like a Jerry Lewis-esque like, whoa, when he gets like pulled away. And Ron Perlman does this Guillermo del Toro impression where he's like, Ron, you have to stop with the Jerry Lewis impression. It was like four in the morning and he'd been filming for like 12 hours or something. <laughs> it's a very entertaining commentary. Um, That's good. And I like, I like the first Hellboy movie. Yeah, I, I like that too. I... I like it generally honestly the longer it goes the less i like it like it never gets better than like the opening nazi fighting scene to keep with a the theme and variation oh yeah like i love the effects in those movies i haven't seen the new hellboy not to get too off track either i i it's not a good movie but i kind of liked it hmm. i'll, I'll to say yeah i'll watch it eventually yeah it's especially during quarantine it's worth your time yeah but yeah, uh, as, to answer Brian S.'s question, I don't think I think 
Ron Perlman was a watcher. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. It is interesting that he knows so many details about Mythos, though. What yeah, that doesn't make that? sense. <laughs> what, what is it that he actually knows? Yeah, that's a good question. All right, yeah, now I'm trying to remember what the I, specifics are. Yeah, I, I don't recall him actually knowing anything. Hmm. Maybe good point. Yeah, right. I, I, I'm sure he, like, my only memory is, I can't remember exactly what he deflects over, but people ask him questions and he just kind of talks around it. Huh. Yeah. yeah. All right. right so getting. another email, Jim S. Jim's. Uh, mm. And also uh, Jim S. Uh, Jim from Detroit. I uh, just want to say we got your package. It's been, a, I think we talked maybe via email about it. Uh, we got it. And then of course we have not been able to meet to unbox it, but we think we're going to do a fun unboxing video of the package you sent. And also Jill S., you sent us a package that we got just the other day. And so we'll also do a video of that as well. Look how excited Eamon is. Very excited. So All right, so Jim S. writes us about the, the Valkyrie. And so I'm just gonna read a couple portions out of this email. Great podcast this week, guys. It was months ago. This email is from uh, July 16th. Damn. Wow. Yep. Uh, I'm going to share a couple things that will blow your minds. This episode is deep on so many levels, right down to its name. In North mythology, Valkyries were chose, uh, the choosers of the slain. They would mm -hmm. go to battlefields and choose who was worthy to, do, uh, to go to Valhalla. In this episode, Ingrid is choosing who's worthy to be killed. Deep, right? That's Ooh. cool. Deep. Fish pizza. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's deep. What do you... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um also the boxing motif fulfilled two purposes that's right we were like what's the point of the boxing in the beginning right right we were trying to think like is this meaningful or is just in a, a reason for these two characters to meet right Amy's sure. given the old one too the old fly like a butterfly Ooh. fly like a butterfly fly like a butterfly yeah uh it gave mac a reason to be at the rec center but it also showed how the same event can be viewed through two different lenses in mac's mind he is honoring a dead friend and continuing that friend's mission to help disadvantaged youths. But Mythos calls boxing a blood sport. This is a guy who at one point in his life lived in a society that held gladiator matches. Boxing can lead to death or permanent brain damage. So it could be argued that Mac and Joe are actually putting these disadvantaged youths lives in harm's way. I'd argue I think that. that's a pretty interesting <laughs> interpretation that these two people view boxing differently. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna skip some of this. Um, Jim goes on, he says, as to Ode to Joy, which is the song that's played at the end, um, I always took it to mean that things are never simple. It's great music that praises peace, but Hit Hitler and his Nazi thugs loved Beethoven, or at least claimed to because he was a proper Germanic artist. This just, uh, this just goes to show that anything, no matter how good or beautiful, can be twisted into something ugly. Twisted. Twisted. That was a good email. Thank you very much, Jim. I think you brought up some pretty cool points. What do you guys think? No, that all makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know the Valhalla stuff. Uh, I mean, I, I, knew, I thought they took you to Valhalla. I didn't know they, like, chose you for death as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, uh, decided it was your time to go. That is, that changes it up. Right. I like that. Yeah. Also, I noticed a lot of our emailers have S last names. Yeah. Oh, that's like our, uh, that's like our K Highlander thing. That's right. Right? What's all, the, all the Highlander rewatchers have S's in their last name. All right, next one, guys. This is also on Valkyrie, and this comes us from uh, our good friend David G. David, what up? Wow, you guys Yo, what's really up, David. 
Uh, wow, you guys really ran the board on this one. Purses, steakhouse franchises, the right amount of Hitler talk. Uh, once again, this, to nail that balance of the right amount of Hitler talk. This email is again from July 16th. This is so old. I'm so sorry, everyone. Oh, I hope you all had a good Bastille day around that time. Yeah. Um, so David writes, uh, here's the thing about this show and most of them really. Duncan is the embodiment of do as I say, not as I do, 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 do. Uh, he's a giant hypocrite, but he's pretty typical of the action stars of his day. Only he can get the job done. He's always right, etc. Um, great commentary on a standout episode. I have nothing pithy or mean to say to keep this time. Great. Thank you. You can save that for a random message at another time. Uh, my question is for Kyle. You could you dig deep and really hit him. Yeah, you can find something terrible yeah. to say about me. Uh, my question is for Kyle. Hey, Kyle, get ready. Does uh, Elizabeth Holmes stand a good chance of being convicted? <laughs> Does Kyle side with her? Is he one of those Silicon Valley lawyers that believes greed is good? Or is Kyle like Matt Murdock, where he'll represent someone for uh, a home-cooked meal and then will run out and beat up some drug pushers? Matt Murdock, the daredevil? The daredevil. The man without fear. Fear? Yeah. <laughs> so wait, what exactly is the question? Does Elizabeth Holmes stand a good chance of being convicted? <laughs> Uh, I mean, my understanding is absolutely yes, she does. Uh, I, though I think that the uh, extent to which uh, we pursue white-collar criminals is criminally low. Um, but, you know, I think she's probably going to jail. She hasn't already. I actually have not been following this that closely. Can I get a reminder on who that is? Uh, so Elizabeth Holmes was the uh, CEO of was it Theranos? Oh right, 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 right. Like the it's like a tech company. Yes. And she was like lighting the world on fire as being like oh, the wealthiest self-made millionaire or billionaire who's a woman. Uh, but it turns out a lot of it was built on a bed of lies, uh, and she was indicted on wire fraud. Oh damn. Okay. Damn. The trial has not started yet. Yeah. Okay. Though. You know, it, the, part of the reason that white collar crime is so under prosecuted is because it's complicated and it's hard to prove. And a lot of things come down to what people knew and when they knew them. And that is always notoriously difficult to prove. Uh, just because you're, you know, you're ultimately asking the jury to make inferences in your, in your favor. Um, but that being said, I right now would be surprised that they don't get her for something. Great. Thanks, David, for writing us that question. Um, yep. uh, <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Next, we're on to a batch of emails for Comes a Horseman. This Ooh. email is from July 23rd from nice. Jim S. Jim's. Snap into a Slim Jim's. Oh, that's right. Snap into a Slim Jim's. There oh, it is. Toy is ready. <laughs> all right. Jim Love writes. It. Great podcast, as always, guys. Don't mean to butter you up. I just feel that way. Very nice. Uh, I, I do like being covered in butter, though, so it's... Uh, keep lathered it. in butter. Ooh, lathering. That lathering. is important. It's lathering. Yeah. Mm. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, very good. Uh, a couple of points. First, you're right about the beginning. It was supposed to be a flashback to how Mythos defeated Kronos. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think, yeah, that was that Greek flashback. So there's like a weird different, right? I think that's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, like Roman flashback. Yeah. 
Um, I bought a special edition fifth season of DVDs and it included the uncut version of these two shows. So when we see the horseman ride into Cassandra Village, uh, we don't get the sweetened sound of hoofbeats. It's actually quite funny seeing a scene like that with its actual real sound. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, no fully. It's just like, I'm sure quiet and like maybe just some gentle thudding. Yeah. And like, microphone's picking up. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I wonder if um, a special edition fifth season of DVDs, what is that? That had the uncut? Maybe, does, oh, you know what? I think our version has it. And maybe we didn't really talk about it too much. So, yeah. Um, he goes on to say, and you're right about the set design. The special edition cut uh, includes commentary by Don Aletto and Gillian Horvath. They said they had to cut it for time. A lot of directors establishing shots of the village. Um, they know that when you le have great set design, directors want to explore it, uh, but it can really slow down an episode, uh, which is a bummer. Um, they also commented that when Cronus said Mythos was slipping up and making a name for himself, uh, thank, uh, thanks, fake Mythos. That's a callback uh, to the Messenger episode. Oh, interesting. Uh, I dig that. Yeah, so I guess it, we, we were like, oh, is that a fan theory? I guess that that's like your tidbit in the show, your little clue that like that, the writers were thinking about that. That's good. I that's like cool. That. And it's like, it's not, it's not important enough that if you hadn't happened to catch that episode, you're gonna be confused. Yeah, uh, he continues, um, that's a callback to the Messenger episode. I actually thought it would have been a cool scene for Kronos to encounter the fake mythos, see him laugh at their there's no evil, just fear philosophy and cut his head off. But then why would he stick around to find the real mythos? Hmm. Hmm. Um, I actually thought McLeod's reaction to learning mythos was evil back in the day uh, to be similar to a teenager finding out that daddy cheated on mom. Ooh. Wow. Remember, Duncan had no problem with Darius, and I bet Darius's war record could match what mythos did, atrocity for atrocity. But Darius never hid what he did and was actively trying to make the world a more peaceful place, not sitting on the sidelines snarking at friends with moral dilemmas. Hmm. Fair. No, that's a very fair criticism. Yeah. That, that does make a material difference. The combination of, like, on one side, you've got, like, deception and concealment. On the other side, you have, like, transparency and an attempt at redemption. Uh, I think that dramatically changes it. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Mythos attitude remind me of something I heard the British say about Americans during World War II. It was, Americans don't solve problems. They overwhelm them. <laughs> Uh, basically, we had so much stuff and men with that we didn't have to worry about husbanding resources or making decisions on whether to, to attack target A or B. We just bring more equipment and men and attack both targets. The same was with Mythos. He just thinks he'll outlive any issues of the day. Slavery, bad. He'll outlive it. His homeland conquered. He'll outlive the invaders and watch the empire crumble into dust. I just think that's why, uh, I think that's why he's so loyal to his mortal friends. He becomes emotionally vulnerable over Alexa because he knows time is short. Hmm. Um, mm. let me see here. Uh, we kind of mentioned this, I think, on the podcast because Jim brought it up. Uh, he says, also, Donna and Gillian said that Cassandra speaking magic words wasn't about real magic. Rather, it was uh, about what Gillian uh, called the magic feather effect. It goes back to Dumbo when the crow gives Dumbo a magic feather to give Dumbo the confidence to fly. Oh, I think we, we talked about Donna's comments about this at the time, I think. Yeah, uh, well, it says this vill the village el elder was a, uh, aware of the placebo effect. Interesting. This, about uh, that. this just doesn't make sense, though. It just doesn't bear fruit. Yeah. Because, like, the, the, the house disappears. Cassandra's house disappears. The right. house disappears. She turns into a wolf. What's-his-face brainwashes cops. 
And also, what about the fucking, what was his name? Roland Cantos? Like, is his yeah. the placebo effect too? Right. No, it can't be. Right. He literally, like, had police slaves. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No, it does. Okay. Moving on. Uh, another episode from Comes a Horseman. This is from July 23rd. Uh, this is from David G. Good to hear from you again. David, he says, now that was a rewatch. Good job, fellas. Uh, some thoughts and questions. Is Mythos redeemed? Question. Certainly a person can change over time, but has he paid the price for his crimes? Should he? Does he? Pr- uh, does being a product of their time absolve a person? How about we tackle those three questions first, because he has a couple more. Okay, let's hit him in order. So All right. The first question. Is he redeemed? No. I agree. I, I, I also agree that he is not redeemed. No. Or at least from what we've seen. He is only admitted to doing a thing. So that's admitting a thing is not being redeemed for a thing, I suppose, right? He's admitted a thing after he has had literally no option but to admit it. And so uh, far as I know, he's done nothing to atone for those crimes or to, like, you know, add a corresponding amount of goodness to the world. It's right. Just, so that was the second question. Has he paid, for his, uh, paid the price for his crimes? Like, it seems like he's just hiding out and drinking beer. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, also, I think those are two separate questions. I don't think, like, I don't know that punishment and redemption are equivalent concepts. Like, redemption, I think of as taking affirmative steps to make up for, for wrongdoing. Being punished for a crime is not the same thing as being redeemed. Um, I don't right. think. No, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Like you wouldn't refer to like, oh, when we executed this serial killer, he was redeemed. No. Yeah. You David's serial killer. You punished him for his crimes. Um, Does so his third. Sorry. Go ahead, Edmund. Yeah. Does Mythos rescuing Cassandra and and killing one of the horsemen? Do you think that sets him on the path to redemption? Uh, I mean, I agree that that's helpful. but it's also a fundamentally self-interested act, right? Right. Redemption. Like he has been caught up in this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's not like he ever would have taken those steps if Kronos hadn't hunted him down. So, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think his level of self-interest in that exchange uh, confounds that. Mm. So these are some good questions. So his next question was, should he? Should he pay a price for his crimes? And I will add, what, what should that price be? What, what's the punishment? I think he should. Like, I see this a lot, not to bring up Nazis again, but like <laughs> uh, when they find like a Nazi in another country and they, they deport them back to Germany to face their crimes. And some people say, well, he's old now. Like, he shouldn't have to pay for his crimes. I don't agree with that. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I think they should pay for their crimes even if it was a long time ago mm-hmm. that's that's just me but i i think mythos should pay he's killed ten that tens of thousands of people and and raped people uh yeah yeah also like i don't know if the the logic of what you just described ever collapses right because like basically the logic is okay it's been 50 years 60 years, 70 years since whatever atrocity, should you still punish them for it? Let's mul- if we multiply that number by 100, you know, 
if 5,000 years ago this person did this thing, does the logic ever collapse? I'm not sure. I tend to think maybe, but I'm not convinced one way or another. If Mythos hadn't seemed to be just kind of like dithering and being a piece of shit about it, I think I might feel differently. Um, like, I feel like if he had, even if it hadn't been like that grand, if we were convinced he had done something other than just been self-interested during that time, I think I'd be more sympathetic to the idea. It's like, okay, a hundred lifetimes have passed since then. Like, is this moral stain still on you? I don't know. Right. Now, his next question was, is uh, just being a product of their time. Weighing in on this shit, and you're just like, I say nothing. What's that? Oh, what was your opinion on this? Uh, What was the question? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I just want to give you guys a quick update. Uh, We have eight minutes and 22 seconds left for this session. Uh, I had previously said to you guys that the 40-minute thing was uh, removed. It was. (laughs) It looks like they put it back. I just got a notice. Okay. Uh, so in a few minutes, we're going to take a two-minute break and rejoin uh, to finish the episode. So just to let you know. Anyway, uh, so the question was, should he pay for his crimes, right? No. It's very tricky because I'll incorporate my answer into answering the next question, which is, is, is he absolved by being a product of his time? And I feel like these are different questions in a weird way. Like, should he be punished? And was his behavior the product of his time? Like, both are true, or being a product of his time is true. Should he be punished? Like, all those people that the punishment would help, you know? Like, they're all gone. Mm -hmm. Like, Mithos being punished 5,000 years later for a crime doesn't give anyone else peace of mind or anything like that. Is that why we punish people? It's well, I, it's one of many reasons that are argued for punishment, right? I suppose so, yeah. Uh, so I mean, like, it removes that from the equation, which is which makes us ask like different questions about, like, well, what's the purpose of this punishment? As uh, you know, locking Mythos in a cell for 5,000 years, like, is that an appropriate punishment? Like, does that help anyone? Does that really change him? All those sort of things. I'm not sure that's true. I don't find Mythos to be an evil person anymore, or anything like that. Uh, now, being a product I'm of his- to listen to the Big Finish audio. Oh, God. Yeah, that's, right. that's very evil. <laughs> oh, we'll get to some emails about that later. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, should he face some sort of punishment? I think I'm iffy on that because I'm not sure what that punishment could even look like. I don't think there's any... Yeah, you, yeah, you do. You know what that punishment looks like. Like what? Being ki- Like the death penalty? <laughs> um. Seeing that Mythos, I mean, someone like Duncan actively helps people. We saw other characters like Cage actively help people. Uh, mm. And like someone like Cage, like d- dedicated his whole life to being a good person. So I feel like punishing someone like Cage would sniff out, like snuff out their ability to do more good. Mm. And if we let them live, they can actually probably do more good than they did evil. It's mm. possible. Uh, so I don't know. I, I just feel like there's no good metric to punish Mythos. There's there's no comparative thing. Uh, so that's a little outside our uh, realm to like distribute that justice to him. Like I don't know what that would even mean. Uh, but as far as the question, like, is he a product of his time and does that absolve a person? No. 
he committed these crimes. Also, at the time, by the way, there were plenty of people that did not, they weren't slavers, they weren't murderers. Like, it's not like we, he lived in a time where everybody was a murderer and they didn't know any better. Yeah. Plenty of people knew it wasn't cool. So, yeah. like, no, that doesn't really absolve him. Uh, granted, he was part of a system that, you know, probably supported it and blah, blah, blah. But it's, uh, you know, it doesn't mean it's not wrong. <laughs> so. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. All right, Dave's got more questions for us, guys. So he says, if Mythos is such a big proponent of Duncan and his winning of the game, why doesn't he just offer Duncan his head or trick Duncan into taking his quickening? Or is Mythos playing the really long game, and what is that? Mm. You can want something to happen without being suicidal, right? <laughs> and Mythos did try to give his head to Duncan before, right? Right. Yeah, the, the first time Callus came after him. Yeah, uh, but and some I, people argue like, oh, he did that because he knew Duncan wouldn't do it or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like you can want him to be the last one by while also not wanting to be dead. Yeah, I think, and also not wanting to just die. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm good living. Like that's good. Like, yeah, you could also just not kill me. That'd be yeah. great. I mean, I think just him going along fits in with his pretty neutral personality. Yes, you know, I'd agree. Uh, with that. David then asks, Kyle, are you really into history? Yes. There you go. Done and done. Is that it? <laughs> what's yes, your yes. and answered? Uh, Kyle, if you're in so into history, what's your favorite year? My favorite year? Or day if you want to be more into history. Oh, I, I need to pick the the very day. Mm, what's your the favorite day, day in history? Let's uh Go with July 4th, 1776, baby. Oh, USA. USA. Wow. Uh, no, let's see. Uh, oh, one thing to promote to people if they are uh, looking for some good history-related entertainment during this, uh, go check out Hardcore History, the podcast. It's a podcast. It it's actually, a pornography. Uh... History of pornography. Yeah, it has a sister podcast. It's called Butts Only History. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, it's awesome. It actually kind of has more the vibe of an audiobook than a podcast. Because he'll release like one episode every three months, probably. But it'll be three to four hours long, and he'll have clearly read six books in preparation for it. Uh, but it's super cool. It's like a real discursive look at various topics. Some of his like overarching series are the better ones. Uh, I think the World War uh, One series is still up and free, and that might be one of my favorite ones. But it's awesome. And this guy is like an old radio. He's like, used, I'm pretty sure he used to be like a morning zoo guy or something, because uh, he has like a really intense radio voice. Uh, that's great. So highly recommend that if people are looking for uh, some history stuff to do. Cool. Hardcore history. History. Amen. There's also a parody of it called Hardcore Game of Thrones, which is parodying this guy, only teaching the history of Westeros. It's very funny. That's Go it. But oh, you have to have listened to Hardcore History for it to be funny. All right, Amen. David's got questions for you or yes. comments or something. He says, head, uh, head like a hole was nine inch nails. I think, I guess that was mentioned. We say the I wrong band? Marilyn Manson or something. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, How dare you? How dare I? The size of those nails yeah. that way. Uh, yeah. But he says, uh, Reznor also covered Get Down and Make Love by Queen. Ooh. Yeah, Get Down, Make Love. Trent Reznor? That's right. A Place to Bury Angels. What is it called? 
What is that band? Wait, what? He has like another band called like a a a place to bury angels or something something weird like that. Oh, I don't know that. David will correct me on this too, because that's definitely not what it's called. Wow. All right, we'll read that email in eight months. Uh, he has <laughs> which of the four horsemen album? are each of you? Which one of the four horsemen are each of us? Mm -hmm. But I'm their sidekick, uh, Gleek, that monkey. Oh, Dude, that checks out. Wouldn't it be great if they that side like that monkey was like a sidekick? Monkey. Yeah. <laughs> uh good question uh i feel like keith is caspian because mm -hmm. you used to have the haircut and you eat stuff sure uh, he does like food uh, artful um i'm right. the docked submarine and okay the submarine based <laughs> what are you kyle uh what am i uh I guess I'm Mythos because I'm like a cowardly worm. There we go. So, All right. There we go. Um, so he finishes up by saying, uh, that's sad that Eamon's mom doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> that's so weird because she listens to my appearances on Rock Solid, on Film and, uh, Film and Water, and, <laughs> and she's a big fan of the show I executive produced called Pod Dylan. Ooh, my mom actually does really like Bob Dylan. Hey, she might like the podcast. It's a very good podcast. Yeah, I went to two Bob Dylan concerts with my mom. One was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. The other, one of the worst concerts I've ever seen. So Bob Dylan, uh, not consistent. Wow. And finally says, what are Cassandra's powers? None. I, I don't know. Apparently none. It's whatever they feel like. I mean, certainly in the Four Horsemen arc, she has no powers of any moment. She nope. might as well. Power is to get locked up. Yeah. Lock her up. Lock her up. That's right. All right. We have one more email uh, for, excuse me, hold on. Two more emails for Comes a Horseman. All right. Oh, Eamon's very excited. This is from Vinnie S. Vins. Vinces. Vinces. That's right. This is from July 30th. Here we go. Yeah. He says, Actually, hey. My, I take it back, Keith. My favorite date was July 30th when he sent us this email. This email? Well, <laughs> yeah. This is why, this is why everyone's going to know why this is your favorite date now. He yeah. says, hey dudes, <laughs> just a thought. On your rewatch of Comes a Horseman, you were postulating on what Kronos, uh, on what brought Kronos to the outside of the set to find maybe Mythos, since the game show hadn't even aired yet and was just finished taping. Uh, my thought was maybe Kronos heard that Mythos was in Seacouver, except it was the fake Mythos, Ron Perlman, which put him on the hunt for the real Mythos, since he actually knew what the real Mythos looked like. Whoa. There you go. So, Yes. That is a good theory, Vince's. And then the final one is from Mark N. Oh, hi, Mark. Uh, Mark, yeah, this is, uh, Mark writes us these uh, three things about every Highlander episode. Right. Uh, I, I hope Mark, uh, I know there was like a little bit of a spell where we didn't get them, and I think he mentioned that. Uh, I don't know if you still listen, Mark. Uh, I hope you do, because you take the time to write all these big emails. Uh, also, just to let you know, I think at one point we lost track of some of them because you use the same type, like the same subject in every email. Uh, uh, so they're all right. getting categorized as one email because it thinks oh, they're all right. part of the same email chain. Thread. Anyway, so if you want number your, uh, like, you know, give a different title to your email and I think we'll catch them more. Anyway, comes a horseman for Mark N. Um, let's see here. Uh, he's got a couple uh, points. Well, three points as the, uh, the theme would be. So point one, Mac and me are coming out of the station KKBE 
as a 2015 KKBE is actually a contemporary Christian radio station that is branded as 93.7 The Light, operating in Roswell, New Mexico, and focusing on conservative Christian talk and music. I guess Chubby Checker replies to the spectrum of programming. That was very funny. That's that's a great bit of trivia. I yeah, love that's it. right. Yeah, that was the, there was that history game show at the beginning of that episode, which was just such a weird. Why start the episode that way? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I wish that was the whole episode. The game show? Just you watch him play Jeopardy? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Point number two for Mark is, I love how when Mythos was leaving his place for the first time before meeting Kronos, he conveniently fiddles with a backpack carried high on his chest as he heads to the car, as though the backpack is concealing a fake dagger already in his chest to be revealed as as it is thrown off screen. I thought that was good to pick that up. Like he's shown, like, do you remember? He's like, he's like packing some stuff away, but it's just really show, uh, you know, hiding his knife. Hmm. Good catch, Mark. And then finally, the third point: you guys did the appropriate scurrying of the guy who was dutifully, dutifully. I can't even read. Duty. Somebody do it. That's the one. Dutifully. That's right. Uh, Carrying his bundle of sticks, even when pursued by the horsemen in the nineties, the fandom locked. in on the so-called stick boy, uh, praising him for his dedication to duty in the face of certain death. He was idolized, lambasted, and remembered for the rest of the series run, to the point of even having multiple on- online shrines dedicated to him and his fuzzy screen caps. Wow. That's very funny. He says, a moment of silence for stick boy, if you will, unless you believe all the fanfic of the time which revealed him to be the most badass immortal who ever lived or carried sticks. How about that? Interesting. Yeah. Maybe he's that guy from uh, the Big Finish thing. Who was that dude? Carniel. Carniel, right? Carniel. 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 Ugh. Ugh. Well, guys, that's another batch of uh, reader mail. How many episodes did we get through that time? Like two? Probably. There's we'll still. At this. We're there's there. the rest. We're not going anywhere. Nope. So. Give me the rest. That's right. And I will say some of these emails are like two sentences. So fear not. It won't be that bad. Uh, we'll <laughs> not, also not to imply that everything we've done so far has been bad. No, it's been great. Uh, no, it's been good. So uh, I don't know. What are you guys planning on this week for the, uh, until we meet again, coronavirus stuff? What are you guys going to be doing? Uh, I got lots of work to do, uh, unfortunately, but that's not so, so bad. I'm just loving the dogs are over here next to me being super sweet and like sleeping like oh. little fur babies. Uh, I'm jealous of the dogs. I wish I had a dog and Keith has a cat. I wish I had a pet right now. So they're amazing except for when they're not like except for when it's like 3.30 and they're all they're both like waking up and like have demands and I'm like on a client call and they're just like screaming at me. <laughs> then it's absolutely maddening but other times they're literally the best. Well, we, we record at Keith's, so when I go to Keith's, I usually bother his cat. That's oh. right. You kick him a lot. Yeah. Not like hard, <laughs> but uh, I like rub him with my foot. But, Which you uh, have to because that cat is so violent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, I, my cat is protective. He doesn't like other people. He's Sometimes he doesn't like me that much. I don't know. He's not cat. the friendliest cat. And he meows, he meows at Kyle and I when we are in his area. Yeah, well, he what gets, kills me is he like demands pets, but then if you touch him, it's just like an invitation to bloodletting. Yeah, yep. it's it's brutal. You guys but, fall for it every time. Uh, every time. He's a cute cat, though. He's cute. 
His name is Django. Uh, he's not around now, so I won't show him on camera. But I don't know. At some point, he'll probably hop up here and we'll uh, show him off. Django. Django. Named Django. after Django Reinhardt. He's a jazz guitarist. Yeah, listen yeah. to Django Reinhardt. That's good music. It is good. Yeah. Watch Django Unchained. That's a good movie. That's also a good movie. There's also a good movie by, uh, you know, rapist and sex offender Woody Allen uh, called The Sweet and Lowdown with, uh, what's his name? Um, Sean Penn. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the movie's basically like a fictionalized version of Django. Right. Oh, yeah, so good movie. Uh, it's about a jazz guitarist, uh, you know, in the early 20th century. So check that out. Uh, check it out. Check it out. Yeah, so uh, cool, guys. We'll be back next week with some more reader mail. Uh, but also in the meantime, we'll probably do some, maybe some little update videos that we can each submit. And we'll also, we've got some ideas for some of these fun things, like maybe a Q&A, or we might do kind of like a game video that we can post that either will be, I don't know, it can be just kind of living online for everyone to play at home, or we might try to do a live thing. I don't know. We're still kind of figuring out the technical details of making that stuff work. Uh, and we also might I don't know, submit some maybe playlists or something like what are we listening to or watching during this time? I don't know. There's a lot of stuff we could do. Uh, we'll try to do as much of it as we can and still plugging away. I know this is tough for everybody. Uh, I think before we were recording, Kyle and I were just talking about like, y'all have your days with this, right? Yeah. Also, I, I just said like a real y'all there. Uh, but hey, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you guys have been holding up. Hopefully. Okay. But. I know for me, some days I'm fine, and some days I'm like, this fucking blows, and I'm stuck, yeah. and I'm upset, and yeah. I don't know, yeah, depressed. Mo most days I'm fine, and then some days I can just feel myself being an asshole. Like, I'm just, like, miserable and impatient, and, like, yeah, like I feel like I'm climbing out of my skin, and, like, I can't do anything about it. Like, mm -hmm. even knowing that it's happening, I'm just like, Ugh! and then it passes, so... Like, I'm very glad I have a job right now. Like, I'm very thankful for that. But sometimes at work, I've found myself just getting really frustrated. I think just because I've been in my, I'm in my room for eight hours a day. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure everybody has their trials and tribulations during all this. But, you know, it's okay to feel upset and trapped and just you got to get through it. And hopefully listening to this helps with that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely like revisiting uh, favorite shows has been good. And for most of the people out here, Highlander is one of those. So Yeah, I might, uh, I might take down Batman the Animated Series next. Nice. Following in the uh, footsteps of, I, I watched the uh, 90s X-Men and 90s Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. That well. 90s uh, X-Men is fun to watch, though. Yes. But I, I enjoy it more than I think you ragged on it recently. Oh, so <laughs> bad sometimes. It is. Sometimes it's very bad. And do you ever notice how the lips like hover on their faces? Yeah, totally. Like their head moves, but their lips <laughs> like still <laughs> over this way. Yeah, there were definitely some budget constraints on that one. Also, uh, uh, good. I was just gonna say, trying to like ape the very detailed drawing style of Jim Lee for a cartoon is not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just didn't have that many lines on someone's face. Yeah, yeah, too complicated for a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, since we're getting on a tangent again, uh, before we wrap up, uh, I've been rewatching Batman the Animated Series, Kyle, and yeah. I don't know when the last time everyone's seen it. Uh, for the most part, it's been great. Uh, like, killer episodes. Every once in a while, there's just, like a clunker. Uh, 
the heart of is it heart of steel or heart of whatever it is the the hardak one with the the robot the robot robot, like basically yeah i remember that being like fantastic i was like i love this and part of me still loves it but it it is nuts like these robots in it like there's like a briefcase that has like spider legs that's like walking like the level of like technological like the leap that happens in the show like all of a sudden there are like cyborgs in batman i don't know it's crazy like uh, like life like cyborgs that yeah. all get murdered in horribly violent ways that's the other thing is that in that episode in particular because they were all robots they like let them be more violent and it is brutal like people explode but they're robots so i guess it doesn't matter doesn't yeah. look get thrown into the bat signal yeah oh it's and horrifying like electrocuted yeah it's also amazing. when he gets thrown into that uh i think it's uh officer montoya does it yeah she doesn't know he's a robot it's yeah. very much like the like uh hidely doodly and flander or <laughs> homer shoots flanders it's like oh you killed the zombie flanders he was a zombie like yeah. what <laughs> yeah she just murders bullock it's crazy mm-hmm. but it's a very good show i love that show well, you right. have it on blu-ray right amen I do. I actually am going to watch those. Nice. How how is have you started it yet? I lent it to my roommate after I bought it, so I haven't actually watched the Blu-rays yet. Oh, okay. I was curious if it's like really a good like video upgrade or Yeah. I'll I'll update y'all after I watch some of it. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh we'll close up here for the day. Uh I hope everybody's doing okay, staying safe with your families, washing up. Uh, if you can, I don't know, reach out to people uh, that you know, your family, your friends, if you need, you know, support. Uh, hopefully they'll be there for you if they're not assholes. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know why I was saying that. Hopefully they'll be there for you. <laughs> hopefully they'll be there for you. Yeah. Really sowing the seeds of doubt on this one. I don't know. If anyway. Not, oh, well, you're, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Anyway, uh, we'll be back. Uh, thanks again for everybody for sticking with us during this. Uh, I know this isn't, you know, the normal cup of tea of the podcast, as it were. Uh, so, you know, we appreciate you sticking through it and uh, you listening know, to our bullshit. Listening to the bullshit. And honestly, if this isn't the thing, like if you're not digging it, uh, you know, I hope you stick with us and we'll see you on the other side when we yeah. kick, you know, start back with our regular episodes again. So, yeah. uh, thanks again. Uh, we've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. Bye. Dash and Lola say goodbye to. Hey, rewatchers. Nope. <laughs> I forget how we do this. Yeah, how do we start this? What, I don't know. This what is was wrong with that? That seemed okay. I guess so. Yeah, I'm terrible at this. Anyway. Welcome. <laughs>